I want to cover the three main areas that sin causes issues and, for a lack of better words, death in your life. The Bible says that sin leadeth unto death. Sin leadeth unto death. Wherever there is sin in your life, it will always lead to death, no matter the area. If there's sin in your marriage, it'll lead to the death of your marriage. If there's sin in the way you handle your finances, it will lead to the death of your finances. If there's sin in your body, it will ultimately lead to the death of your body. Sin ultimately leads to death. So the three main areas that sin affects you the most in this life is number one, sickness. You can write that down. Sickness is an offspring of sin. There was a great man of God in the early 1900s. His name was John Alexander Dowie. He shook America, shook Australia, really just walked in the power of God. They would, in his services, they would lay out these tarps that were 50 yards long at the front of their services. And he'd have people with growths and tumors and sickness and disease come up and stand up on the tarp. And sometimes they'd have three services a day. And they'd do this three times a day. They would line the sick people up on the tarp. And as he would lay hands on them, growths would fall off of their body. And then they'd roll up this tarp and they'd take it in the back of the church and they'd burn it and they'd go round two. That is power and authority in the name of Christ. And he said, back in the early 1900s, he said, sickness is the foul offspring of its father's sin or I'm sorry, of its mother's sin and its father, <laughs> Satan. Sickness is the foul offspring of its mother's sin and its father, Satan. Where Satan and sin are, you will find sickness and disease. So I want you to write that down. Number one, sickness and disease. Go to Matthew chapter 4 with me. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 23, this is a description of Jesus' ministry on the earth. It says, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. Every disease and every affliction among the people. Jesus' ministry consisted of teaching the word, preaching the word, and then healing all that were oppressed and afflicted of the devil. Now go to Luke chapter 4. Jesus tells us why he's anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Luke chapter 4 verse 18. He quotes from Isaiah. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Hey, Brother Knox and Ben in Australia, good to see you. I love you guys. So we see that Jesus' ministry, hey everybody on YouTube by the way, I got to do a better job of seeing you guys. Our monitors over here on the side, so I oftentimes forget to look, but I see your comments and uh, I'm so glad you're here today. 
In Matthew 4, we see Jesus' ministry consisted of teaching the word, preaching the word, and healing the sick. Healing the sick. Sickness is a way that the devil will use through sin to bankrupt you, to make you depressed, to make you anxious, to make you suicidal. Think about the woman in Mark chapter 5 with the issue of blood. She had been bleeding for 12 years. She had spent all of her money on physicians, the Bible says. And she didn't get better. In fact, she got worse. The devil uses sickness and disease to drain you of your money, to drain you of life and energy. And that's what happened to her. But why was Jesus anointed? To set her free from it. To set her free from it. Sin opens the door to sickness. Now, I mean, was this woman sick because of sin? I don't know. Sin could have been the reason. Satan could have just afflicted her. But think about sexually transmitted diseases. Did you know there's a 0% chance of getting a sexually transmitted disease if a man and a woman stay virgins until they're married? 0% chance of either of them ever getting an STD if they don't sin sexually before they get married and at all. If you keep yourself pure, it's impossible for sickness to get in through sin. So one of the offsprings of sin is sickness and disease. Was sickness and disease in the Garden of Eden? No, it was literally heaven on earth. Jesus said that when you pray, you pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That through Jesus and what he did on the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit, that the prayer of faith has much power as it is working to pull heaven into this world. Which means it blows out all sickness, blows out all disease. Sickness and disease will not be in heaven. That's why Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Like it says in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, to go around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So the offspring of sin can be sickness and disease. Sickness and disease. When people are sexually immoral, they open the door to sickness and disease through that sin. When people are not sober-minded and they do drugs, they open the door to sickness and disease that comes through drugs. When people have a glutton spirit and they indulge in sugars, they indulge in the food and satisfying of the flesh. They open the door to sickness and disease like diabetes. Like heart issues. High cholesterol. Sickness and disease can very well be a result of sin. But the good news is that the power of God is still the same. The Bible says God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. 
Jesus does not change. So the same power that blew out sickness, the same power that blew out disease in the Bible is the same power that blows out sickness and blows out disease today. But you can put a safeguard on your life by understanding that you've been given authority and the power to walk all over sin. As I covered yesterday, you have dominion over sin. It no longer has dominion over you if you're in Christ. So you having dominion over the power of sin mean that you close the door on any sickness and disease coming through a doorway of sin in your life. Praise God. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Jesus said, Behold, I've given you all authority over all the power of the enemy. All authority over all the power of the enemy. Jesus has given you authority over sin, over sickness, and over disease. So sin's offspring, sickness and disease, is under your feet. Amen. Amen. Number two, the second offspring of sin. Poverty. Go back to Luke chapter 4. What's the first thing Jesus said? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. To preach good news to the poor. I don't know about you, but good news to the poor is that you don't have to be poor anymore if I'm poor. When you're a poor person and somebody gives you good news, the best news you can hear is you don't have to live under the curse of poverty. The Bible makes it very clear in Deuteronomy chapter 28 that poverty is a curse. Sickness is a curse. I want you to type that in the comments. Poverty and sickness are a part of the curse. But it says in Galatians chapter 3 verse 13, Jesus has redeemed us from all the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Praise God. Which means you don't have to live under dominion of sickness, disease, and poverty anymore. The curse has been broken. It's been lifted. The yoke is destroyed once and for all and forever. Eternity started the day that you got born again. And it doesn't slow down. It gets faster. It gets bigger. Glory to glory. Victory to victory. And strength to strength. In Jesus' name. He's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. Let me read to you the good news that he would preach to the poor. <laughs> glory to God. A lot of people don't like to go here. They don't want to talk about this stuff. Think about every person, well, here, before I get into that, think about the woman with the issue of blood. Remember, that sickness and that disease drained that woman of all of her money. It said that she spent all of her money on physicians. If the devil can have his way, he'll get you sick, he'll get, you, he'll get a disease in your body that will slowly cost you all of your money the rest of your life. For you to never go up in life, for you to never step into his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That is the devil's plan for you. To steal your money, to kill your livelihood, and to destroy the plan of God for your life. 
But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have life abundantly. When you're in Christ, you're in abundant life. Praise God. Which means poverty has to flee. The Bible says that God will make all grace abound to you in all sufficiency, all things, at all times. God's grace on your life will empower you to make wealth. Remember in Deuteronomy 8.18, Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to create wealth. God gives you power by His Spirit to generate wealth. Not just riches, not just hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands. Wealth. Blessed to be a blessing. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sake He became poor, so that you, by His poverty might become rich. That's a verse not a lot of people like to read. You won't hear it preached from the pulpit too often. <laughs> a lot of people don't like to talk about that. I'm really good at talking about things that people don't want to talk about. I think it's my spiritual gift or something. Amen. If you look up that word rich and the Greek meaning of the word rich, it literally means material wealth. Go look it up. Use the Blue Letter Bible app. That word rich literally means material wealth. Jesus gave up the material wealth of heaven to become poor in this life. And for the record, Jesus' ministry in our eyes was not poor. I mean, he had, enough, he had enough money in his treasury that he had a guy stealing from him for three years and nobody even pointed it out. You got to have a lot of money if you got someone stealing from you for three years and you don't even know. Jesus knew, but no one else really knew until afterwards. You got to have a lot of money, money to be able to provide for 12 disciples all the time. Got to have a lot of money to own a house and two boats. I mean, in our eyes, he wasn't poor in this life. But compared to what he came from, streets of gold, it was poverty. But it said that Jesus became poor, that we might become rich. Rich, poverty of the curse, broken, forever. Now, is life about being rich? No. Life is, life is about much more than being rich. Go look at Abraham, look at David, look at Solomon. These great men of God that were wealthy. They were the wealthiest men to ever walk the planet. And the devil didn't make them rich. God made them rich. But they knew. They knew life was about more than money. The riches was... The money was there to take care of God's children. They knew that. To run the kingdom. And to give back to God in offerings. They knew that about the money. But money is a necessary tool to advance the kingdom of God. It really is. So the curse of poverty has been broken off of your life. However, it can be an offspring or it is an offspring of sin. When people live in sin... They are almost guaranteed to be stuck in poverty. Think about guys that are married. They make a lot of money. Maybe a professional basketball player. Some professional athlete. And then they get caught sleeping with a hooker. Gets blasted all over the news. They go to, through two or three divorces. Look at uh, Tiger Woods. I normally don't like to, to name drop, but I mean, he's kind of famous for it. 
Look at how much money he lost. He lost wealth. He lost riches because of the affairs that he had, the people he had to pay off, the divorce, everything. Look at what sin, adultery, will cost you. Sin will put you into poverty. If you're always spending money on alcohol, you're always spending money on the bars, you're always spending money on drugs and your addiction, you'll end up right in poverty. Look at gamblers, people that always spend money at the casinos. They end up in poverty. I had a, I had a roommate in college. He was a junior, I believe. Sophomore or junior in college, and his dad was a very wealthy doctor down in Florida. And this guy racked up $15,000 worth of debt at a casino in South Dakota. Fifteen grand in debt as a sophomore in college. And his dad had to pay it off. Look at what sin will do. Sin will throw you into poverty quicker than anything else. Sin will wind you up in poverty. Go to Deuteronomy 28. And we're going to wrap this up here. Deuteronomy 28. The first 14 verses are the blessings for obedience to God and His Word. But starting in verse 15 through 64, I believe, or 54. 68. These are all the curses that come on to somebody for not plugging in with God. Listen to this. Verse 15. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all of His commandments and His statutes that I command you today, then all of these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be the basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in all that you undertake to do until you are destroyed and perish quickly on account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the pestilence stick to you until he has consumed you off the land that you are entering to take possession of. The Lord will strike you with wasting disease and with fever and it goes on and on and on and on and on to show you that people that are not children of God are under a curse. And that curse includes sickness and disease and poverty. Now, a lot of people are going to say, all right, well, Talon, I'm a Christian and I've got a disease. Does that mean that I'm not a Christian and I'm under the curse? No, you can very much be a Christian and you can very much still have a disease. It's up to you by your faith, according to the word of God, to walk out of that disease. He will deliver you, but you have to want to be delivered of sickness and of poverty. If you don't want to be delivered and you don't grow a hatred for it in your heart and you know that it's God's will for you to be blessed and not cursed, to prosper and not be harmed, until that's a decision you make in your heart, then you'll live a life under the curse the whole time being a Christian. You'll live like hell on your way to heaven. But that doesn't have to be your reality. Jesus took the payment on the cross. Praise the Lord. You know, there's a woman, and she might even be watching me right now on Instagram. There's a girl I know 
that struggles with depression severely. She's been on medication for a long time and she's always sliding up on my stories and and she's always causing a ruckus when I talk about how it's God's will for you to be healed. And she always makes some excuse here or there on why it is God's will to heal, but sometimes he heals through medications and sometimes God heals through counselors and therapists and all of this mumbo jumbo junk that is not anywhere in the Bible. Did you know that Jesus had a full-time doctor traveling with him? His name was Luke. He wrote the book of Luke, and then ironically, he wrote the book of Acts. He wrote the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, the two books that have probably the most miracles out of all the books in the Bible. Not one time did Jesus take a sick person, a depressed person, an anxious person and say, hey, I got a full-time doctor, and he's a therapist and a counselor. His name is Luke. Why don't you go talk to him, and he's going to put you on some natural medications to get you set free from what it is that you're struggling with. No, not one time. Not one time. Jesus doesn't change. Can a doctor make you well? Yeah. Can medications help? Sure. Do you have to choose that? Nope. Power of God is still the same. And the reason I bring up this girl, and I kind of hope she ends up seeing this because maybe it'll help her out. Hey, my brother, I love you. Can't wait to see you in Tampa. The reason I bring this girl up is because she came to an event a couple weeks ago. And this the man that was preaching was my friend, Evangelist Preston Shuttlesworth. And he preached, the Lord told him to preach specifically on the healing power of God for a whole hour. He preached on deliverance and how Jesus will set you free. And a ton of people got up and they went and had hands laid on him. He laid hands on everyone in the building to be touched by the power of God except for her. She was the only one that didn't go up for prayer. And I knew it in my heart right then and there. She didn't want to be free. Of course she's the one making this junk excuses. She didn't want to be made well. Remember, Jesus talked to the to the man that was lame near the pool of water. And he said, do you want to be made well? And he said, yes. And Jesus healed him. But that's a question that people have to ask. Do you not want to live in poverty? Are you sick of living paycheck to paycheck? Are you sick of your mental disease, your mental disorder? Are you sick of the offsprings of sin and Satan running your life? If you're sick of them, take authority over them by the power given to you by Jesus and walk in your freedom. God does not exaggerate. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he would change his mind. If he said he'll do a thing, he will do it. If he said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed, he's not lying. Jesus sets you free. If he said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, he's not lying. If you don't have freedom in your life, then you need the Holy Spirit. You need to be born again. I got set free of depression, anxiety, all that wicked stuff years ago. I I, I don't take any medication. I never will. The Bible says I'm the lender, not the borrower. I made a decision months ago, a year ago, over a year ago now, that I'm not going to be someone that borrows money. I'm going to be someone that blesses people with money. Poverty won't have a hold on me. Sickness won't have a hold on me. And I want to declare that over your life today. If you're listening to me right now, you will not be taken out by poverty and sickness. You will be blessed financially to bless others. You will live in divine health. You will abide in the secret place of the Most High. And the devourer will not touch you. He will protect you from sickness and disease and every wicked thing that comes from the kingdom of darkness. 
I declare it over your life in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus said in John 16, All that the Father has is mine, and all that I have I give to you. All that God has is at your disposal. God doesn't have sickness. God doesn't have disease. God doesn't have poverty. God doesn't have death. God has riches, streets made of gold. He's got divine health, the mind of Christ, the power of the Spirit. And he's got life, a river of life that flows from him. Thank you, Jacqueline. I bless you. That's right. She said, I'm proud of you for having the guts to say the truth that so many others are too afraid to say. You're right. Someone's got to do it. But think about David. He knew his God and he was willing to stand up to the giant. And the Bible says that the season of the Jewish people changed that day. When David stood up against the giant and chopped his head off, the Jewish people had the valor to follow and to win the war. It just takes one person to stand up to these wicked, demonic doctrine preaching Christians and say you're full of junk and just give people the truth and tell them it's God's will for you to be made well and for you to not be under the curse anymore. Just takes one, and then you'll get other people that will follow you. Praise the Lord. All right, final thing. Go to Romans chapter 8, and then I'm going to pray for people. Then I'm going to give people an opportunity to sow at the end. Because we are radical givers. What does Isaiah Saldivar always say? We don't dine and dash. People come and they hear the word, and they give. That's what I love about these people. That's what I love about my audience. You guys are radical givers. You guys are radical givers. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 8. So there's three things that I told you at the beginning. Three offsprings of sin. Three final destinations, if you will that sin will take you if you allow it in your life. Number one, sin will lead to sickness. You can find that through sexual immorality and other avenues. Two, poverty. Typically that follows sickness and disease, as well as addiction and other afflictions that uh, birth out of sin. And number three is death. Sin ultimately leads to death. Sickness, poverty, and death. But listen to this. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2 and 3. Therefore, or there is therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. There's something called the law of sin and death in life. That's why you'll see people, I, I lived like this before I got born again. There is a spiritual law that takes place when people live in sin and it always leads to death. When people live in sin, sexually, addiction-wise, any area of their life, it always leads to death. That's why you see people that are 40 years old, that have been addicted to drugs, they've drinking their whole life, they've slept with different men and women their whole life, and they look like they're 80. And then you see a man or a woman of God that have served the Lord, they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't, they've been with the same wife or same husband for 20 years, and they look like they're 25. They look like they're getting better with age. That's because there is a spiritual law called the law of sin and death that comes upon a person 
when they live a wicked lifestyle. But what does it say? Praise the Lord for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So there's a law of life that comes upon you when you walk by the spirit and not by the flesh. Let's keep reading. Verse 3. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. And then that whole chapter, Romans chapter 8, explains how when you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, and you will walk in life. The law of life and the Spirit of life. You will go up and up and never down, the Bible says. The head and never the tail. Praise the Lord. There will be no ending to what God can do with you when you live holy. And that's going to be one of these pieces on this five-part series about the value of holiness and why when you live free from sin, God can use you more than he can use other people. More than he can use other people. That's right clean cause of Jesus and help Taylor reach 200 million people. Amen. So I want you to get that in your heart today. I want you to believe it and say it even with your mouth right now. Put it in the comments. Say today I put sin's offspring under my feet. Starting today, sickness and disease, poverty and death will not touch you another day. In Jesus' mighty name, I declare it over your life. I prophesy it. You're going to live healthy. Your kids are going to live healthy. Your marriage is going to be healthy. God's going to use you. He's going to increase you. He's going to bring finances. He's going to bless your business. He's going to bless the work of your hands. That's right. Sin's offspring go under your feet today. And you're going to live a victorious life. I know what it's like. To live in the world. I lived in the world for 20 years. And my life has only gotten better since I got born again. Praise God. He's blessed me financially. He's kept me healthy. I haven't been sick in over a year once I grabbed a hold of this revelation. And I won't get sick anymore. The Bible says as long as I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, sickness has to stay away from me. Hallelujah. The Bible says that He will command sickness to stay away from my dwelling. And He will. Praise the Lord. Before I pray for people, I want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry. As you know, like I pray, I preach all the time. Let me read this to you. I want to read this to you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, because this is a powerful statement. I want you to hear this. Get your faith built for sowing a seed right now. Get your faith built for sowing a seed right now. The point is this. Whoever sows a little will only reap a little. But them who sow a lot will reap a lot. Praise the Lord. Each one must give as they decide in their heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And when you give a lot, God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. The Bible says that when you are a giver to the advancement of the kingdom of God, that he makes grace come on your life. 
and you have success in everything you do. You'll multiply in your real estate. You'll multiply in your business. You'll multiply in your relationships. Every area of your life will be blessed by the grace of God when you're a radical giver. I've seen that in my own life. When I started giving liberally to other ministries, to other men and women of God and tithing and honoring God with my finances, my life changed forever. You know, Billy Graham had a famous quote. He said, give me five minutes with somebody's checkbook and I'll show you how much they love God. Where does your money go? Your money is tied to your heart. Jesus said where a person's money is, that's where their heart is also. When you love God, you pour out your finances into the advancement of his kingdom. That's why the apostles in the book of Acts, they sold all their property. They sold everything that they had and they, they dumped it at the feet of the apostles to advance the gospel. Now, am I saying to do that? No. <laughs> Obviously, pray and ask the Lord. But if that's what he'd have you do, then by all means. But before I pray for people, I want to give people an opportunity to sow into the ministry tonight. As you know, I reached 150 million people last year through social media. And I'm not slowing down. I'm telling you right now. I'm 25 years old and I'm just getting started. I'm more excited to reach people with the gospel now than any other time before. <laughs> Praise God. And like I talked about today, living holy is one of the ways to do it. Living holy is one of the ways to do it. But I'm more excited to reach people now than I ever have been before. I'm telling you, if you thought 150 million people was a lot to reach, you wait till 2022. I'm going to reach 200 million people. The next year, I'll reach 250 million people. I'm going to reach until I touch every person on this planet. I don't care. By the grace of God. That's what social media can do. So if you have a heart to see the advancement of the gospel and to see hungry kids that are fed and to watch other ministries get lit on fire, because I give currently Revival Way, my ministry, we give to seven other ministries right now on top of our tithes and offerings that we give to our church. So there's seven other ministers that these finances also go into. So when you support Revival Way Ministries, you're supporting the advancement of the gospel through this ministry, through seven other ministries, and our church as well. And we feed 25 kids every single day in the country of Nicaragua. And like I said, we're just getting started. This is small compared to where God will take you. Hallelujah. So quickly, as you're going to see on your screen on YouTube, here are the different ways that you can give. You can give through Venmo, through Cash App, or through PayPal, at Revival Way. Venmo is just at Revival Way, one word. Cash App is dollar sign Revival Way. And PayPal is at Revival Way. And those of you that are giving right now, ask the Lord what he would have you give and put a demand on your seed. Maybe you've never heard somebody say this before. This is crucial. Put a demand on your seed. The Bible says that God is able to make a hundredfold blessing come on to your seed. So when you sow a seed, he can make a hundred times that amount come back into your life. And I believe God at his word. Last week or two weeks ago, I believed that scripture and I've been standing on it. And I took $1,000 and I gave it to a man of God. And the promise that I've been standing on is for 100 monthly partners at $100 a pop. That's $100,000 a year coming into the ministry. And I'm believing God for it. So find out today, where do you need financial breakthrough? Where do you need breakthrough in your life? And put a demand on that seed. Say, God, would you have me give 100? Would you have me give 500? Would you have me give 1,000? Some people give 100. Some people give 1,000. 
It's not about the dollar amount. It's about the amount that you're able to give in your heart without clinging to it. And it says that God can make all grace abound to joyful givers. So right now, as you're watching me on Instagram and TikTok and on YouTube, ask the Lord what he would have you give financially and be obedient. Oh, <laughs> And as you're obedient right now, put a demand on what it is that you're looking for God to do in your life through your seed. Like I told you, I gave that $1,000 to that pastor two weeks ago. And that same day, another minister sent me $1,000. And then the other day, it was at a, we were having healing meetings, laying hands on the sick. And I was preaching. And a woman came up to me afterwards, gave me another check for $1,000. The Bible says that when you give liberally, men will give liberally unto you. It says, into your bosom, men will give liberally. It will just come into your lap. So those of you that are giving through Venmo, Cash App, and PayPal, I want to thank you ahead of time. But I also want to tell you, like I was just telling you, I'm believing God for. I want you to pray and ask the Lord right now if you are one of those 100 that I talked about. I'm believing God for 100 people to join me at $100 a month. Now some people are going to say, man, 100 bucks a month, that's a lot. No, it's not. Most people, <laughs> I can't say most people, I don't know. But a lot of people spend more than that on coffee every month. I think statistically it comes out to be like just over $3 a day to give it $100 a month. Which is, yeah, like I said, some people spend more than that on coffee. So pray and ask the Lord. If you're one of those people that wants to join this ministry, if you get fed by these teachings and you like them, and you want to help me reach more people and feed the hungry, become a monthly partner at my website, revivalway.com. And click partner today. And you give $100 every month. And this is what I'm doing for people that give $100 a month or more. You can give more. It doesn't cap off at 100 Whatever the Lord tells you. This is one of my favorite books. It changed my life. It's called The Seven Laws That You Must Honor to Have Uncommon Success in Life by Dr. Mike Murdoch. <clears throat> There's seven spiritual laws in this book straight out of the Bible that will rock your mind. And it will change everything about your life. It will take you to the next level in life. The same way that it did for me. So anybody today that becomes a monthly partner to $100 or more, I'm going to send you this book and I'm going to add you to a private Zoom group. Thank you, brother, for putting the website in the, the comments. I'm going to add you to a private Zoom group where you get access to me one day every month Starting at the end of this month, it'll either be at the end of this month or like November 1st. I'm going to put stuff together. We're trying to get all of this together as soon as possible for you. But in those Zoom sessions, you can ask me questions. We'll do Q&A sessions. I'll preach more deep topics out of the Bible. You can ask me things about social media, things about business, whatever it is that you'd like to talk to me about. You'll have access to me a couple hours privately every single month. And that'll be available to monthly partners at $100 or more. Praise the Lord. All right, everybody. So those of you that are giving right now, I'm going to join my faith with you. The Bible says that where two or more agree on a thing, let it be established. So I'm going to join my faith with you right now. What do you believe in God for? Those of you that are giving through Venmo and Cash App and PayPal, I'm going to join my faith with you and we're going to believe God to make it happen now. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege and the ability to generate wealth. 
You said to bring you in remembrance, so right now we remember that it is you that give us the power to generate wealth, and we honor you with it today. We bring our tithes and our offerings to your storehouse to bless you with them, that there might be food in your house, so that you would make our storehouses overflow and open the windows of heaven on us. Lord, I join my faith now with every person that is sowing a seed into this ministry. Whatever they're believing you for, let it be done unto them according to their faith. In Jesus' mighty name, I call them blessed. And everyone that received it said amen. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you, everybody. Again, if you're on Instagram, uh, I'm going to try to post this, but for some reason, it hasn't been posting on Instagram. They won't let them post. So go find me on YouTube and go watch us there. We have an amazing YouTube crowd. I see you. Jorge, Rahel, Salem, D, good to see you. Shan, Pierre, Dillstar, Gabby. Gabby's the OG for sure. I love it. It's so good to see all of you on here. God bless you so much. And I thank you for your giving ahead of time. That's right. Someone said, I touch an agreement with you, brother. Praise the Lord. Let it be done unto you. Father, in Jesus' name, bless them. We love you all. And I'll see you tomorrow night at 7 p.m. for part three. You do not want to miss this. God bless you. Mwah.